that, we've got company. Hello. Trust me, Hera, I'm excited. This is my excited face. No, oh, he's making me so happy. I like you. You don't fit in around here either. All right, if I tag along? The more the merrier. Get ready to be impressed. You ready to be impressed, Tam? I'm completely ready. Yay! You excited? Oh yeah. <laughs> Ecstatic. <laughs> Bright suns, everyone. You're listening to the Geeky Bubble. I'm your host, Jonah, and with me is the tense tech to my high-flying zigzagging Omega. <laughs> my mom. Mar- Maria! <laughs> your face. <laughs> Hello! <laughs> Today we're gonna discuss the final three episodes of The Bad Bash Season 2. Tipping Point, The Summit, and Plan 99. <laughs> wow, your enthusiasm was dripping just then, mommy. <laughs> Let's get this over and done with. All right, so let's talk about how these episodes emphasize time and time again how effective and coordinated the clones are compared to Stormtroopers. <laughs> you know, there was the initial mission with Gregor and Echo at the very beginning. Then there was Crosshair, who was drugged, <laughs> but managed to get to the communications room to do what he needed to do. And then the Bad Batch infiltrating the Imperial facility on Ariadu. And I just I just love how they make stormtroopers look so inept yeah. and competent. Okay. <laughs> so we find out that Senator Chuchi is involved with the clone network. So she's my hero. Right? She's so cool. I wanna be Chuchi when yes. I grow up. <laughs> You know, which makes sense because she's one of the few people, as we learned earlier in the season, that uh, she wants to help clones and make sure that they get what they deserve. Um, And then Sexy Hauser is back from that episode, the episodes with Hera, the Ryloth episodes. Um, So he's back in the picture. So you know, you know right away that that means... I've got to ship them. <laughs> that means I've got to have a Chuchi Hauser shipping ship. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I'm probably the only one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't doubt that. <laughs> but yeah, just wanted to put it out there. You know, as we discussed last time, Crosshair is on Mount Tantus, and, and he's being offered freedom in exchange for information regarding the Babatch. And so what I found really interesting about his escape is how he let Emery live. Like, he used the stun setting on her. Yeah. He may may have realized what she was. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, he might have sensed something different about her. Um, man, was your shot on, right on the bull, uh, bullseye? I know, I know. I, I was surprised about that myself. <laughs> and, you know, the story had to keep her around for obvious reasons, so he couldn't exactly kill her uh, like he did with the other troopers. But uh, it, it makes for an interesting character choice on his part, I think. So, yeah, so, like, why not 
eliminate her, especially since she's a tool for for Hemlock causing him pain. I mean, obviously, like Tech, who had mentioned uh, later on in the episodes, they get replenished quickly. So yeah. even if he did eliminate her, there's going to be another one to take her place. But yeah, I just thought that was very a very interesting choice on his part. And so we have Hunter and the others on Pabu. And I love how Tech was giving Omega flying lessons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sort of like the equivalent of driving lessons. Yeah. <laughs> a parent who has to, like, show their child how to drive. <laughs> Quite different when it's a flying. Yeah. <laughs> Very different. At one point, I was like, Omega, you're you're flying a little bit too close to my archive here, okay? I need you to clear Step off. Away. Step away. Go, go, go farther out. Um, because, you know, I don't want you hitting that thing. <laughs> And uh, and we know, you know, Echo returns. Eventually, he and Hunter have this conversation in which Echo says it's about fighting for our brothers because Hunter brings up the fact that, you know, the Empire, there's no way we can fight against that. There's nothing you can do against that. And then Hunter responds, I understand why you're doing this, but when will it be enough? What were your thoughts regarding that part of the conversation? Well, I actually thought you may end up finding soon enough when it's enough. Yeah, right? Because we know that from the beginning, we, we've seen how choices and uh, risks they go through brings them more and more to the realization that they have to decide. Are we soldiers? Are we going to fight this battle, unwinnable battle? Or are we a family and are we going to take care of our family unit? Yeah. And then what I found interesting about that conversation is like, yeah, by the end of the season, Hunter will be put in a position of having to fight for Omega and uh, having to look for her. Um, So he'll be in a similar situation that Echo is in where finding Omega is the main priority, helping the clones is the main priority, and nothing will be enough That's until she yeah. is free and comes home, just like how it won't be enough for Echo until the clones are free. Yep, exactly. Yeah, and it's just, uh, it's, it's very interesting to see Hunter's progression from not really wanting to take part, only only contributing here and there because Rex and Echo have asked. And I don't think, do you think he's actually, he's going to like be more dedicated to the cause or is Omega just solely his goal here. Like he, even if he gets Omega back, that doesn't mean that he's going to continue being a, a part of whatever clone network is being developed here. When the thing is that with all this happening, he knew in the beginning that Omega was special and he was told he needs to take care of her and protect her at all costs. He knows that even if he gets her out of that quandary that she finds herself now, it's always going to be there. The threat is always going to be there. The only way you can hold the, the, the advance of that threat is by being on top of it. And the only way you can be on top of it is by being part of the fight. True. And so not only are the clones being forced to retire, but as we learned in these episodes, they're being used as test subjects. So yeah. it makes me, it actually made me physically ill to watch these episodes 
because not only the, the whole tech thing, but just the fact that the clones were being used as experiments, I it made me dizzy. <laughs> I had to like go breathe, take a few steps somewhere. It is slavery. It is truly it is yeah. slavery. It is a portra- a more modern portrayal of slavery. Yeah. The the phrase property of the empire was repeated many, many times. Yeah, yeah. And that's what they are, property. And the master can do whatever they want with their property. Unfortunately, yeah. That's the, that's the way that it was expressed and portrayed. And that's how it's been since their inception. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it wasn't enough that they were bred for war, that they were accelerated in aging and robbed of any normal life whatsoever, were placed in harrowing war experiences, programmed against their will, and cast off when they, you know, quote-unquote, served their purpose. But now they're being used for experiments, and yeah. it's they're literally having to fight for their lives. And I'm like, Star Wars, when is this going to end? Because... I feel like the clones are the galaxy's punching bags. Yeah. Constantly being pummeled. And I just, I needed to stop. I And I think that's part of the reason why I needed to take a slight break from the Bad Batch. Because I knew heavy, intense things were to come. And even though these are fictional characters... It's still based on aspects of our history, our reality, and yeah. it's a lot to take in. <laughs> when you th- watch the show in a conscientious way, where you are thinking not just of the entertainment that is being brought in front of you, but also what the implications are for real life, it is intense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, <laughs> and and I tend to watch my shows that way. So, yeah. <laughs> so when it gets uh, when it gets too hot, <laughs> I'm like, I gotta get out of this freaking kitchen. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I wonder what uh, I wonder if characters like I don't know if you remember Dogma and Slick. Slick having been the one who had been feeding information to Assad's Ventress early on in the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. and Dogma who was very by the book and was willing to execute his brothers under General Krull's orders in the Umbara arc. And, you know, they were taken into custody. So it makes me wonder whether they were subjected to clandestine experiments experiments that early on. Because I have no doubt that that Palpatine has been having these little operations happening. From the very beginning. Because the moment he he saw the, the potential of cloning. Yes. Yeah. He's probably been building and executing a plan his plan yeah and it's sort of like the whole kidnapping for sensitive babies for you know what eventually becomes uh inquisitors and whatnot so yeah yeah, that that stuff has been in the background under the table playing playing in the dark Yeah. yeah and and yeah it really does make me wonder whether the characters like dogma and slick have been sadly part of those initial experiments. Yeah. Uh, so Saul Guerrero shows up. <laughs> oh, my God. So he, he's like, 
Dude, <laughs> think about what you're doing. They're telling you. They're giving you hints. I know. I know, mommy. And the, and the thing is that even though he is who he is, he's the one that lasts the longest. Yes. I know, mommy. I also know this too. I know this too, mommy. Gorilla tactics work at a certain level in certain points in certain ways, but they're not a full military plan. They they they're not a long term plan. You cannot go to war against a formidable enemy just thinking you can use guerrilla tactics right. because it's just going to last forever. A lot of people are going to die and nothing is going to change. Right. Um, so, yeah, I was not happy at all because I knew that the moment he showed up, uh, he would be part of the reason why their mission was unsuccessful. Um, and I honestly, I don't fully blame him because uh, like my friend Elisa pointed out to me, it was an unfortunate case of bad timing because they had two separate missions coinciding at the same time. But part of me kind of blames Hunter for diverting from the plan. It was supposed to be a simple get in, get, get out, out kind of mission but at the same time, if they hadn't discovered the truth, they might have perished in the explosion. Yeah. So honestly, it really comes down to bad timing. And his reappearance just, it just like shakes something in yeah. me. Like I just vibrate like, oh, <laughs> because I know crazy stuff is about to go down. You know, I've been I've been into Greek mythology lately because of Percy Jackson and the Olympians. And one thing that I didn't think about until recently is how Saw Gerrera and his sister Stila, who unfortunately had perished in the Clone Wars, are sort of like Ares and, and Athena. Athena. And, and I know college professors will tell you to stay away from Wikipedia. But again, Wikipedia is my friend. I really love it. And I really love these two sentences. So Athena represented the disciplined strategic side of war in contrast to her brother Ares, the patron of violence, bloodlust, and slaughter, the raw force of war. And this other sentence is, Ares embodies the physical valor necessary for success in war, but can also personify sheer brutality and bloodlust in contrast to his sister, the armored Athena, whose martial functions include military strategy and generalship. And all of this to say, I really miss Stila. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I miss Stila. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he is all for the immediate gain. Yes. He doesn't see the big picture. He doesn't see the long game, you know. It's all about the now. What yeah. can I do now? Yeah, yeah. And when Saw said... You expect me to call this off to save a few prisoners? It was another instance, like you just said, of him not thinking things through, through. of mm -hmm. not seeing the larger picture, because what better ally to have in than your cause than the clones? clones. Yep. The clones. <laughs> oh, man. Like, you have dozens of skillful warriors, troopers who might be willing to join you and fight with you. But he just squanders it. Yeah. He squanders it. 
corsets for the moment. For the moment. Even though when he's told that those positions are going to get filled all over again, and he accepts that, yes, it's true, <laughs> he still goes through with it. Yeah, he still goes all through All for it. the moment. The moment. And, and, and I know, like you said, his intention was to kill the major players in the summit, which might have shaken a few things up in the imperial hierarchy a little bit, you know, having to s- switch things here and there because central players had been killed. But like what, what Tech said and what you just said, the victory will be short-lived as their ranks will be quickly replenished. And that, you know, couldn't help but think of another Greek mythology reference, but it's sort of like fighting a hydra. hydra. You cut off one head, another one, and two more are going to take its place. And so, yes, aw, man. <laughs> I'm just, my, I wish you had seen me when I, had, when I was watching these episodes because yeah. I was vibrating in my seat. <laughs> Guerrilla tactics are good to undermine certain functions that could cause problems mm. for your enemies, but they're not for winning a war. No, they're not. No. And he just does place. not see this. Yeah. He's, he's so obsessed. His mind is so... One track. One track, that tunnel vision. Like, yeah. he does not see anything yeah. else. And it's sad because he is good. He's brilliant. Oh, for sure. But No yeah. doubt about it. But that one-track mentality just destroys him. Yeah. And when he said sacrifices have to be made for the greater good, you know, I'm not saying that he's completely wrong because there are situations, you know, the the, the good of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Star Trek quote there. But, you know, we also saw it with Tech. He felt his self-sacrifice had to be made for the greater good in that moment. The greater good being his team, his squad. But at the same time, it's like, Saw, who are you to determine who or what gets sacrificed? Christ, exactly. Like, and that's ultimately one of the problems I have with Saw. It's like, it doesn't matter if you stand with him or against him. If you're in his way, if you're in his laser-focused vision, uh, he's not going to hesitate to do what he thinks, in his mind, is the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about tech. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> tech. Part of me hopes he somehow survived, like the, the part of me that's in denial in the river of Egypt. You know, <laughs> if you gave me more so many, many times, <laughs> you can give me tech one more time. One more time. Just okay. one more time. Because, uh, <laughs> my Lord, I like, it was like another Canaan. It was. It was. Yeah. It, it was like, why? Why? Yeah. Like, I get it. In the moment, he did what he needed to do. But why? <laughs> why? why did the story have to go that way? Yeah. I'm also curious as to the why of this situation. <laughs> the same ending of them crashing and then losing Omega. Omega? Yeah. Could have been done without losing tech. <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm destroyed. <laughs> yeah, and I remember, if I remember correctly, I think tech, you said tech was, is your favorite in the Bad Batch when we first started talking about the show. Yeah. 
And so when I when I heard initially what had happened when the series first debuted, I was like, oh, God, mommy's not going to be happy. Nope. 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 But, you know, the, the more rational part of me thinks he's actually dead. Um, and it's heartbreaking to think about because he was such an essential member of the crew. I mean, they all are. But, you know, he and Fee had such a cute thing going. And, and, and you know what? And this is the thing. I think that I am mad at the fact that Tech was taken away. But I am even more mad at the fact that I didn't see it. Coming. <laughs> because it, like, it never fails. You have a character who starts, like, acting more conscientious of everything around him that is not concentrated in just one thing starts to grow and boom, there they go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the whole thing that we talked about before with Echo and The Walking Dead and characters getting to know getting to know characters a little bit more. It's like, don't learn anything because if you learn something, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just... Oh, gosh, it hurts me. But, the you know, the last thing she tells him is, see you around, brown eyes. <sighs> yeah, I know. He's going to cry. Mommy's going to cry. <laughs> um, and, you know, at one point while you were watching the episodes, you said, why aren't jetpacks? Why, why don't they have jetpacks? <laughs> and it's a great question. Why like, doesn't the bad patch? Yes. Has jetpack like, like why are jetpacks solely a Mandalorian thing? Like you, <laughs> like you're investing so much in military equipment, uh, fuel. What about jetpacks? Jetpacks, people, come on! <laughs> yeah. And another thing about that moment with Tech and Fee, I wish we, I wish she could have kissed his cheek. Yes. Just something, a little a little peck on the cheek. Like, I would have liked for him, like, if this is actually truly the end for Tech, I would have liked for him to have experienced that. Yes. You know, he experienced seeing this beautiful island without being under uh, a constant imperial target. A, a little peck on the cheek would have been a great... You know, you, you, you see his development, um, you have that brotherly love, and you see how he connects to, to Omega. Uh, Omega. Yeah. You know, you see him grow emotionally from a character that is all supposed to be numbers and rationality, you know? Yeah. And you see it because you, you see the moments when he's looking at Fee when, as she walks away. Oh, my God. That was so awesome. Yeah. You know, when he looks at her, when she talks to him. So you see he's developing these feelings. Jeez, if you're going to kill him, at least give him the freaking chance of feeling that connection and that emotion of love, of love between... Two people. Two people who are not necessarily connected by by brotherhood or by parental emotions. Different. Something different. Something yeah. different. Yeah. Give him that. Yeah. But no. No, no not on Star Wars' watch. No. no. <laughs> I like the the reference to Plan 99. 
uh, because that goes back to the character 99 mm-hmm. in the Clone Wars. You know, one of the last things 99 did during the Battle of Kamino was risking his life to retrieve more grenades for his brothers. And here you have Tech risking and ultimately sacrificing himself much in the same way to protect his brothers and his little sister. You know, there was also a Plan 88 that Crosshair had used. So rather than escaping, he sends out a distress signal. In other episodes, too, you hear Plan, I forget, 57 and all these other kinds of plans that they have. And it, it kind of reminds me of the Ferengi oh, and the rules of acquisition, acquisition. in Star Trek Deep Space Nine <laughs> because they're always throwing these, like, rules, these numbered rules, of, like Rule 285, which is no good deed ever goes, goes unpunished, unpunished, which is very fitting for these episodes. No yeah. no good deed goes unpunished. But, yeah, that's uh, their, their plan numbers always reminds me of... Of the Ferengi. (laughs) And uh, in the tipping point, Tech said that he has this ability to clearly, to think clearly during stressful situations. Uh, And that was without a doubt a very stressful situation. Yeah, ask me. I know. (laughs) My uh, legs wouldn't stop. Yeah, shaking. I know they were shaking. You were fidgeting like crazy. Yep. But he thought it through clearly, and and I hate to think about things like this. But what do you think his last thoughts were? <sighs> I'm gonna make you cry again. Yes, yes. <laughs> you, 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 you know what? You are not in a good uh, position with me, young lady. Okay, it's like I, I, I'm thinking very, very hard on this relationship (laughs) um if what they say is true that at the moment you know you're gonna die your life flashes in front of your eyes right i'm pretty sure that his logical mind saw everything that went right and whatever went wrong and how could it had gone right and I'm hoping that one of those where, like, when Fee was talking to me, I should have kissed her. Right. Oh, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just... <laughs> I... <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Yeah, I wonder. Was there another lesson that I could have taught Omega? <laughs> or was there something I could have told... Wrecker, or I wish I could have seen Crosshair one more time. Yep. <laughs> Why do we do this to ourselves? I don't know. You're the one that does it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. Okay. So here's one. Here's I'm telling you, it's another Canaan. <laughs> it's another Canaan. I know. That was, I think that's the last time we cried on the podcast when Canaan died. Oh, God. Um, So here's something a little bit more humorous, I hope. (laughs) So the the whole train car suspending in midair with a treacherous setting below them reminded me so much of the boiling rock in the Avatar The Last Airbender. (laughs) Remember when? when, uh, And actually had a similar premise. You know, Zuko and Sokka infiltrated the prison to find Sokka's father, who had been taken by the Fire Nation. 
Uh, but you know, nobody, nobody died. died though. Nobody died. Nobody died in that episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that was a great episode. If you haven't watched Avatar: The Last Airbender, please watch it. It's a wholesome show where you know most people don't die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where, where I don't think anyone dies. <laughs> um, but anyway. Tech in the crossing episode told Omega, we do not need help. We will figure out a solution as we always do. Um, and I think that's one of the team's weak points. The fact that they've always relied on themselves. Because for this mission, they should have asked Fee. Hey, Fee, could you, you know... Provide be... some backup. Come, Yeah, you know. in the event something goes down. I think she totally would have been up for it. Yeah, she would have waited with uh in the um Marauder and and waited for that signal yeah. and come swoop in or and even, get them out. Or, or even with her own ship, like have two ships. I, I I don't know. I just feel like the one of the weak points of of the squad is often relying on themselves and not and not looking externally. externally. For support. Yeah. And I know one of the things Hunter asked was whether we'll, we'll have backup. And then Echo said that Rex is on another mission, so it's just going to be us. But in that situation, ask Fee. Yeah. <laughs> and and I think that he, he also asked about backup, but not necessarily because he's asking for help and assistance. But because that is what they're used to, like when they used to be the Bad Batch, you know, in the public, um, they will go on missions and they will have backup. They will know that if anything went absolutely wrong, they might have have somebody coming for them. them, So that is what I think he asked about. Yeah, of course, to have have something in place. Not necessarily, we need help. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Which they needed. They did need it. Yeah, they did. So they go back to Ord Mantel because they need AZ. And I completely forgot that they had left AZ with Sid. That was just one of those things that when they parted ways, AZ didn't even come to my mind. Yeah. <laughs> so when, when Hunter said we need to take her to Ord Mantel, AZ should check on her or something to that effect. I was just like, oh my God, AZ. Yeah. <laughs> I completely forgot about my little tiny medical droid. <laughs> and I'm glad he's with them now. But speaking of Sid, Ugh. she betrayed them. Yeah. Um, which was, you know, something that everyone saw coming. But you could tell the guilt and remorse on her facial features and posture. It wasn't like she gleefully walked away with the credits. So it doesn't matter. I was, was going to ask you whether you think this guilt or remorse might actually, would she like make it up to them? Or is this honestly the last we'll see of Sid? If it turns out that this remorse makes her a better person for the future, okay. But I don't know. People like Sid very easily can go one of two ways. They can just become more hardened because they don't want to experience that feeling ever again. Or they can go the the good way where they're going to be more open and helpful and they're going to try to redeem themselves from the bad decision they made. Right, right. There's no, there's no other 
rose for her. It's either one or the other. And I don't know. With her, it's a 50-50. There's other characters that you can sort of tell which way they're going to go. But with her, it's, it's 50-50. It's, it can go either way, and it will not surprise me. Gotcha. So, you know, before everything falls apart, Hunter said, it's time to put being soldiers behind us for good and ask Omega whether she wanted to stay on Pabu permanently. And I like that he asked her because thinking back to the cut and run episode in season one, uh, he wanted to leave Omega with Cut Laquane because he imagined that that would be a better situation for her. But he didn't really ask her if that's what she wanted, mm-hmm. at least if I remember correctly. But here he is asking her what she wants. And I was wondering from your perspective as a parent, whether that was like a good parental thing to do. Yes, yes. <laughs> in, in in a situation like that, yes. Like when he did it in back in Cut and Run, I see and, and I could understand why he did it the way he did. He wanted to cut ties fast. She was not embedded with them as much as she is now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now it's a whole different story. They have gone through too much together. For him to just do something like that, it would not have been the right parental thing to do. This was the right thing to do. The reason I ask is because I feel like some adults don't ask children because they might not know any better for themselves. So they just make the decisions for them. Normally parents tend not to ask their children because what happens when you involve your children in your adult decisions decisions is the fact that you have to inform your children. Ah, yeah. And for the most part, parents don't want their kids to grow up. (laughs) (laughs) They they could say everything they're going to say, oh, I can't wait for you to grow up. No, 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 no. The truth is they don't want their children to grow up because that means their children may become more than what they're capable of handling. And as a parent, you do not want to lose control. Mm. You you want to make sure that your kids are safe all the time, that nothing happens to them. So it becomes a, a control battle. And it's not that that is bad as a parent because, you know, as a parent, that's your job. You want to protect your children. But sometimes protecting your children means making them aware of the reality. And there's many ways, and I've said it before, there's many ways that you, as a parent, can make your child more aware of the reality they live in. That will go a long way more to protect them than just telling them exactly what to do and making the decisions for them all the time. Right, yeah. So, um, and speaking of Hunter being a parent, uh, Hemlock was fascinated with Hunter's behavior towards Omega, even going as far as to say, who knew clones were so paternal? Fascinating. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And this guy looks at everything as if he's behind a microscope. And I hate the way that he speaks about the clones in such a, insulting and condescending way. way yeah what a freaking jerk <laughs> yeah it's, it's it, to to him they're just subjects they're yeah. just 
test specimens. So yeah. One more tool in his arsenal of science. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Omega is taken by Hemlock. And I loved the shot of the ship ascending and the look on Hunter's face. Like, the way that that was animated was just heartbreaking, but also chef's kiss. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, at the end of the season, we learned that Emery is, in fact, a clone. And I honestly couldn't believe that I was right. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I went like, wow, Jonah, you I, got it. I and I like, I knew about Tech dying because of the internet. I knew about Omega getting captured because of the trailer. And I was like, oh, man, I didn't know about that. But I had no idea who Emery was. Like, I didn't even know she was a character until we started watching the episodes. Yeah. And, and and I'm curious what your thoughts are about her revealing herself as a as a clone. I'm hoping that because she is Omega's sister, that she genetically, uh, genetically yeah. that Omega has some influence on her. Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping, yes. Because Omega has that way, you know? Yeah, <laughs> Omega has a way of speaking and bringing up facts that make you go, mmm, you yeah, know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have so many questions about Emery, and I'm just going to list them. <laughs> but does she have accelerated aging? If she ages normally, is she older than Boba? Will Omega look like her when she grows older? Are Omega and Emery the only ones? <laughs> Are there more? <laughs> Who called her Emery? Why is her name Emery Carr? And since she is a clone, why is she doing these things to other clones? Because she appears to be doing it out of her own volition rather than the assassin clones who feel more programmed, reprogrammed, and brainwashed. So, yeah. Yeah. Lots of that's questions. A lot of, yeah, that's a lot of questions. <laughs> Um, and honestly, I think the one that I'm more interested in is this last one that I said. Um, but also, will Omega look like her when she grows older? Because I can see it sort of with the nose. I was like, okay, yeah. I, I kind of see it. Obviously, the hair color is different. But yeah, are we actually seeing an older version of Omega? Omega? And I don't pay attention to the hair because up to age three... I was completely blonde, like Omega. <laughs> and then between age three and about, I would say, five, I was a redhead. Yeah, yeah. And after that, that's when my hair turned brown. So, yeah. Yeah, very, very curious, very curious things here happening. And I, I want to know more. Yes. <laughs> Um, and then I was curious. I was like, I wonder if Emery is just like a Star Wars because I've not heard of that name before. And if you have the name Emery, that is a beautiful name. Um, because I, I was curious what sort of meanings or significance it had, um, or whether it was just a Star Wars name. But it turns out that in Old German, Emery means home strength. I'm not really exactly sure what that term is in in, in German, but brave is another a meaning for it, and powerful. 
Yeah. So I wonder if any of these will come into come play. To play. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not that they probably didn't choose this name because of those meanings, but it will be interesting to see if, if that's what ends up happening. Who knows if they choose chose the name because of those meanings. I mean, most of the time I feel like they choose names based on like who they know. Ah, uh, like, gotcha. I think I want to say Dave ha- knows someone or, or his nephew. I don't remember is named Ezra, and that's why the main character in Rebels is named Ezra, if I remember correctly. But yeah, like, people name things in Star Wars because of someone they know, or... Yeah, and and maybe (laughs) that's somebody they know, they know their name means this. Oh, yeah, good point, good point. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You never know. You You never never know. know, yeah. And then speaking of the assassin clone, uh, whose only designation is Clone X, we, we still don't know anything about that particular clone or, or even the project where he came from. Uh, he and the Imperial officer at the beginning of Tipping Point had that electric cyanide pill. Yes. And since we'll encounter another one of these clones in season three, I wonder if there's like an electromagnetic pulse that can be used to disable that thing. Well, Tech would have known. Oh, shush. I know he would have known, mommy. <laughs> I know, but uh, you know, third time's a charm because there was the uh, the initial clone that killed himself. Then there was this guy, so here's hoping the third time they're able to like stop him, so that way they can get the information they need to find the cloning facility on Mount Tantus. Although I feel like, based on the trailer, which we're gonna talk about right now, I feel like. Hunter and Wrecker don't get there. I feel like Omega's going to be the one to break herself out, just giving some clues here and there in in the trailer. Like, at one point, you see her flying, and it's like she's in a tailspin, about to crash, and we see that crashed vessel in one of the scenes. Um, so who knows? Maybe she escapes on her own, and, and they don't even have to go to Tantis. She's the one who's probably going to provide them with directions or coordinates to Tantus or Wayland actually is the name of the planet I already don't like the fact that it's been a while because one of the comments uh, one of the things that hunters say is Omega has been waiting years no no No. a long time Time. a long time whether that's like six months a year or even more than that we don't really know and that I don't like the fact that (laughs) she's been alone going through who knows what scene who knows what yes Yes. Um, you know, Crosshair is there, so it's not like she's completely alone, but at the same time, yeah, there's only so much you can do in a facility like that. There's only so much freedom you have. And let's just skip right to it. Asajj Ventress. Asajj Ventress! Oh my god, no. when that <laughs> character came up at the end of that trailer, I went like, what?! <laughs> I know, I know. The uh, internet, Jonah. I know the internet freaked out, um, which is funny because um, a few podcast episodes ago we had talked about who we would like to see in season three, and we mentioned Leia, which was at the time I wasn't thinking because Leia is actually just a baby at this yeah. point. So, but the other person I mentioned was. Quinlan Voss because of Sal and I'm like I need this for Sal but I also want it for myself because I love Quinlan Voss too but having said Quinlan Voss in that episode and then seeing Asajj Ventress in this trailer I'm like oh my god <laughs> does this mean what I hopefully think 
It means, <laughs> like, could we potentially see Quinlan Voss in season three and a reunion between Asajj Ventress and Quinlan Voss? Please let it be so. Oh. <laughs> um, oh, because of the fact that, um, spoilers, I'm sorry, but if you have not read the book, come on, read it. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, I'm want to talk. I have not read any of the Star Wars books. That's probably the only, that one and A New Dawn are the only, oh, and Lost Stars are the only ones that I've read. But, uh, so, yeah, I shouldn't be judging. But, anyway, the Dark Disciple novel written by Christy Golden, unfortunately, Asajj Ventress dies in that book. And she dies at the hands of Count Dooku. Um, so I'd be curious to find out what she thinks about what happened to Count Dooku. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just love that that certain characters always get the opportunity to come back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, certain characters. Yeah. And it makes sense for Asajj, really, because of just inherently who she is and what she's part of. The whole Night Sisters, the whole magic aspect. The, at the very end of the novel, which I reread recently because I was like, I got to prepare for this. <laughs> so I reread the novel and I, I got to the point where Quinlan Voss gives her a water burial and he puts her in the waters of her village. And when he does that, it starts to glow. And, and you know, you really don't get a sense of what could be happening there. It's just the waters are called the water of life. You know, obviously, they might have the writers of the Bad Batch might have taken that and ran with it. You know, yeah. whether she comes back immediately, I don't know. Personally, I I, I wasn't as much as I, I cried over her death. I was also happy for her in a way because she was finally with her sisters. She was at peace after having lived such a tortured life for so long. But you know, at, at the very end, it's implied that she's reunited with them. So what ends up pulling her away from that? Uh, is she going to be happy about the fact that she's alive again? Mm. Um, who knows? She might be pissed. Like, yeah. I was happy. I was happy where I was. Which is why <laughs> I say maybe the, the person she's talking to in the end is the doctor. Maybe it was the doctor who oh, brought her yeah, back. Maybe the doctor is the reason she's there, not where she was supposed to be. Especially since Hemlock is obviously doing all sorts of research. Like, what are the different things that we can tap into to achieve whatever it is that Palpatine wants? And, oh, man, how exciting would that be? Mm -hmm. She's not going to like that at all. (laughs) But, yeah, I'm, I'm curious whether that interaction that we see in the trailer is actually... Something straight out of the episode where she says those words and is fighting against blaster shots. And then we see Wrecker and Hunter. Is that lined up the way it's supposed to? Or is it just a trailer where they like mix and match scenes and they lead you to believe that that's the case? But it's, it's not, not really. So, yeah, we don't know. And I'm hoping if there is a sort of uh, interaction like that between them, that it's just a misunderstanding. <laughs> that nobody gets hurt (laughs) but uh in the trailer we also see crosshair joining the the bad batch again so i don't know whether you caught that no i i was too like (laughs) tech is not there i know i know i mean he did show up for a few seconds (laughs) yeah falling (laughs) you know buddy i'm sorry yeah, you know, I, I'm putting up for adoption, my daughter, who wants her? 
<laughs> yeah, it was funny yesterday when she was watching the episodes. She's like, you're not my daughter. You're actually more of a Filoni than a De La Torre because you like to see me be in pain. <laughs> If you see him next time, if you see whenever you see him, tell him and I'll just send him the papers. He can adopt you. <laughs> he can adopt me. <laughs> oh man. But uh yeah, uh what else happens? Fennec Shan and Cad Bane show up. I don't really know what their roles are gonna be in this, but they're obviously bounty hunters who just play for any side as long as they get paid. So yeah. Uh, maybe maybe the bad batch get their assistance yeah. that would be kind of awkward for hunter I, 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 having been I, shot by cad bane <laughs> I, I will I, I would love to see the um hunter um contacting fennec oh my god i would yes ma, mommy i would love that because i ship them that's mom and dad <laughs> i'm a mom and dad mom and dad coming to the rescue oh my god can you imagine oh man Although, I don't know whether Fennec would consider herself the mom. <laughs> hey, but, you know, <laughs> moms can be can come in different forms and shapes. That's true, you know, that's like, true, that's true. Definitely mama, the mom is uh, Nala Say, and she's not happy that Omega is nah, back mm-mm. on the facility, especially since she's tried so hard to make sure that that did not happen. So now she's going to have to cooperate or else Omega will suffer the consequences. Um, more Rex. I mean, I'm always up for more Rex. I'm not going to argue about that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, the whole one last fight. Didn't I give you one last lesson vibes from yes. Star Wars Rebels? Yes. Yeah, it makes you wonder what's going to happen. <laughs> Uh, am I going to cry more? Who's going to die? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, Wolf also showed up very briefly. I mean, if you blink, you miss him. But he's in there. And I completely forgot that he's actually been part of the Empire. I don't think he's left to join the clone network uh, yet. So, yeah. So that's another thing. Hopefully we get to see that story unfold. But uh, do you have any wild theories or anything for season three? No, I'm just stunned. I'm still stunned with the loss of tech. Yeah. So I, I'm just, I, I, I'm not gonna, I, I, you know, I'm glad. I cannot we, think that far. <laughs> I'm glad we waited it out and watched it now because imagine having to wait oh, a whole no. year. Uh, no, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad, I'm glad we waited. You know, we, we took a, a well-deserved break. But one of my theories, maybe this is my felony side talking, <laughs> but one of my wild theories is that Hunter, Echo, and Wrecker die, <laughs> leaving only Crosshair and Omega. So Omega started out with Hunter and the others without Crosshair, but she'll end the series with Crosshair and without the others. <laughs> Yeah, uh, for adoption, remember. <laughs> um, but no, now that I've said that, it you know sounds very morbid. I don't think <sighs> they'd ever do anything like that. I mean, Rogue One was the only one that was willing to yeah, take out I, all the characters. I know you just put that in there to irk at me. Is it though? I don't yeah, know. yeah, I, yeah. You love to make me 
make me suffer. Oh, no, no, I don't. So, yeah, here's hoping that doesn't happen is what I'm trying to say. And Joel Aaron, who's the director of cinematography, lighting, and FX, um, he said this about season three in response to a few tweets. He said... Y'all are going to love it, not saying anything to give anything away. It's that beautiful. So maybe, maybe it's some sort of happy ending. Maybe, hopefully, probably. We, we're not really sure, but here's hoping. <laughs> um, and then some other notes from the, the episodes. Um, Hemlock totally experimented on himself oh yeah totally experimented on himself. yeah then, because the whole immunity thing towards the, the gas, gas yes yeah the guy is weird <laughs> yeah. oh true that i loved how hunter sensed the ships coming just like radar yeah and, <laughs> and i was like oh my god they did it they did the thing just like radar and mash uh, you know what's another mo- moment that stood out to me? Hunter leaving the blaster on the floor and then picking up Tech's goggles. Um, because I have a feeling those goggles are going to be like a reminder to keep fighting and to not let Tech's death be in vain. Um, and I was wondering whether you had any thoughts about that. <laughs> you have no Get words. Somebody. You have no more words to I'm share. I'm still raw. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, but okay, here's another wild theory from me. I have this theory that maybe Quinlan Voss shows up in season three, and then he'll use his psychometry. Psychometry is the ability to touch an object and then see the and feel the emotions attached to that object. So maybe he, you know, picks up the goggles and senses. Oh, what were Tech's last moments? And maybe he'll find out that Tech didn't die. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> again, again, I think you put this things in here just to play at me. Because, come on, that's so... He's... He died. I know, I, I know, but... I'm, I'm not gonna... I, I'm not gonna make my hopes. I'm not gonna take my I hopes gotcha. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's that's one wild theory. I don't. I really don't think that would happen. That's that seems too out, straight out of my mind and nowhere near whatever whatever it is that <laughs> that the Bad Batch creators are thinking. One last thing: um, Hunter's face when he said they're not going to stop until they get Omega, Omega back. back. I loved the lighting in that episode. So thank you, Joel Aaron, because his face was almost hidden in the dark and it makes me wonder how far hunter is willing to go yeah Yeah. how far is he willing to go to find omega like what what is he willing to do is this another saw Uh, in the making exactly (laughs) so yeah i i'm so curious what's going to happen um anything else mommy i I don't think you have any other (laughs) word you just want to get out of here (laughs) all i'm all i'm gonna say is I love tech. I know. I don't see a reason for them to take tech out, but I'm going to take it. I'm going to move on. I'm going to wait and see. And it better be a beautiful ending. Yeah, it better be. It better be. So that's it for today's episode. In our next episode, we'll be discussing the season three premiere, the three season three premiere episodes of Star Wars The Bad Batch. So we can't wait. Until next time, may the force be with you. Always. Always.